Hello, my name is Joe Franta of Joseph Franta Ministries. I'm an international minister and Bible school instructor, conference speaker, and uh, mostly I'm a lover of God. And I'm so happy that you could tune into this today on our, bot, our podcast, Truth For Today. And today we're going to start with a study of the book of Ephesians. What a great jewel of Paul's, the Apostle Paul's, one of his 13 epistles, uh, writing about the church, the unity of the church, uh, the inheritance of the church, the glorious church, writing about who we are in Christ, our identification, our redemption, and uh, writing about prayer. Prayer is a very important part of this book, especially the first three chapters. We get into the practical walk uh, of the Christian life in chapters 4 and 5 and 6, and then we get into uh, the spiritual armor also in chapter 6. So I'm going to um, start today with Ephesians 1.1, and we're going to follow uh, down through this chapter. And so if you have a Bible, grab your Bible. If you don't, then uh, just kind of dial in with your ears. And uh, we're going to go on a journey today, and we're going to see some wonderful, wonderful things about God's plan of redemption. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So Paul starts off, uh, you know, affirming his apostleship, that he was not an apostle of, appointed by men, but he was an apostle appointed by Jesus Christ himself. That's in the book of Galatians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It was God's will that Paul was an apostle of the church to the saints which are at Ephesus. So this was written to the Ephesian church, but it was actually a cyclical, a cyclical uh, letter, uh, and it went to different churches in that region. So Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you. The first thing he starts off with is a salut or is a introduction of grace. Oh yes, how we need the grace of God. That's God's ability, God's power. God told Paul, "My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness." So we know that grace is God's ability transferred to the Christian in the form of power to live the Christian life. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, with all or every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now this is immense, that God has given us every spiritual blessing. We are heirs of God, and we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We've been given an inheritance as joint heirs with Christ and heirs of God. And in this first chapter, we're going to see a lot about what God has given us and done for us in Christ. He's blessed us, first of all, with every 
spiritual blessing, all spiritual blessings in the heavenly, in Christ Jesus. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So now we're going to get into time frames. God chose us, the believer, in Christ before the foundation of the world. That is time past. And we're going to see in the first couple of chapters here that the, the book of Ephesians is time past, time present, and time future. It's tremendous to understand what God has done for us in the past through Christ. And even before Christ came to the earth, we were chosen in Him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, before anything even existed. God had us in His mind, in His thoughts, in His plans, in His will. And He brought us forth, the Bible says, by the Word of God. Now it goes on and says this, he chose us in him. That little word in him is very important. And I want you to pay attention to that and maybe mark it in your Bible if you have a Bible. The word in him, in whom, it's all talking about our identification with Jesus Christ, about who we are in him. And the in him scriptures abound in this book and in most of Paul's writings because it is our identification with Christ as Christians. It's our identification with what he's done for us, what he's doing for us, and what he's planned for us. Okay, so now <clears throat> it says that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. You know, holiness is not something you earn or merit or work for. Holiness is a gift of Christ through redemption. It's the result of the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, where he redeemed us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I like being in his kingdom. I love the king of the kingdom. And those that follow Christ are kings and priests in the kingdom. And then it goes on and says, having predestined us unto the adoption of children or sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will or the good pleasure of his will. If you're a Christian, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've been born again, born from above, born by the Spirit of God, saved by grace, the Bible says right here that you're predestined as an adopted son or daughter according to the good pleasure or kind intention of his will. God wanted a family. He wanted a, a whole nation of priests 
The Bible says in Peter that we're a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a chosen generation. And we're going to get into that more today too. Verse 6 is so important. Maybe put a star on it or underline it. To the praise of the glory of His grace. That's how God saved us. For by grace we are saved through faith and not of ourselves. Nothing we could do could merit salvation. It was a free gift of God. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Now, this is a huge piece of the foundation that we have in Jesus Christ. He's the chief cornerstone, but we are the chosen, and we also are accepted in the Beloved. When you accept Christ, God sees you in Christ, in the Beloved. God has nothing but supernatural positive thoughts about you because he sees you in his son, Jesus Christ. You are a son. You're the seed. You're a son of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And we're going to go out and see what Christ has accomplished for us and the tremendous benefits that we have as Christians. But I want you to know today, if you've ever had any rejection in your life, meditate on these truths that you're accepted by God in the Beloved. God doesn't see you in your old life of sin. He sees you in your new life in Christ. Totally righteous. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we are his righteousness. We are his chosen heirs. We are his sons and his daughters. We are his heirs. That's just the beginning. And then it goes on and says this, verse 7, in whom, there it is again, in whom, talking about in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Notice we're not trying to get saved. We're not trying to make it to heaven. In whom we have redemption. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. We have been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of God's beloved Son. We came out of the kingdom of darkness and were transferred into the kingdom of light. And there's a whole lot to know about that transfer. It's amazing what God has given us as born-again believers in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. The old things of the old life 
are passed away. Behold, all things have become new because now we're created in Christ Jesus. Created in him. You were created in your mother's womb by your parents coming together. But when you accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit created you in Christ Jesus. So you have a new life. And the Bible says we can walk in newness of life. We're going to get into that too later on in this book. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Wow. The forgiveness of sins, some sins, the minor sins, maybe the greater sins. No, all sins have been wiped out by the blood of Jesus. The slate has been completely cleared. We have been completely cleansed of all sin by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We can go into the Father's presence as if sin never existed, just as if we've never sinned. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, two different places, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. God does not have a record of your sin. And he's not keeping a record of your sin. He put away sin by the sacrifice of his son. It's put away. The Bible says it's buried in the deepest sea. It says as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In the eyes of God, you're holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Although you were alienated and hostile in mind and engaged in evil deeds, yet now he sees you holy and blameless and beyond reproach. We have the ability to enter the holiest of holies, the holiest places, the throne room of God, we can come boldly into that throne room just as if we've never sinned. Because God does not have any record of our sins, nor does he even have a memory of them. Wow. That should really excite you today. Okay, now. in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This grace of God, this ability, this power of God, this manifested presence of God, we're going to be living in that for eternity future. Age after age after age, we're going to experience the riches of God's grace his mercy, his ability, his power, his presence. Oh, saints, we have such a blessed hope in Jesus Christ. 
wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Do you know that God's grace abounds? The word abounds in the Greek is running after. God's grace is running after you as a Christian. He's abounding toward you with his grace, his life, his power, his, his ability. That's why Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me or gave himself up for me. God demonstrated his love toward us in that Christ died for us. Wow. Don't ever doubt the love of God. Don't ever doubt his mercy and forgiveness because he went to the extreme of dying on a bloody cross so that you could be set free from every sin, every weakness, every sickness, every disease, from, pover from poverty and failure and defeat. And we're going to see how we're so united with Christ that we've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means that his victory is our victory. His life is our life. We never, have to do, we never have to experience another defeat a day in our life if we continue to walk in Christ. So I want to go on a little bit. <clears throat> I need to speed up a little bit here. And then it says here, He abounded toward us in all wisdom, not some. The Bible says, but by His doing, we are in Christ Jesus, by God the Father's doing, we are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. We have the whole package. Salvation is not just forgiveness of sins, as wonderful and great as that is. That's only a part. We have total redemption from the curse of the law. We have sanctification set apart to do God's will. He's become to us wisdom. We have his wisdom for every decision we have to make in this life. Verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. There's a lot of mysteries in the Bible. One of the biggest one, one of the biggest mysteries is in Colossians 1.27, Christ in you the hope of glory. That was the mystery that God hid. He hid it from past ages and generations, but now has revealed it to the church. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Do you know that you have the Holy Spirit living in you as a Christian. You're the temple of God, and He is the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of holiness, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of life. And that Spirit is working God's plan 
in each one of us every single day as we yield to him? Oh, wow. What a, the Bible says this is a great salvation. The Bible says we have a great high priest, Jesus, that accomplished it for us through his work, his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. That word great high priest, it's, in the Greek, it's mega. He's our mega high priest. Oh, wow. Have he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good intention or good pleasure, which he purposed in himself? That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. There it is again, all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him. It says it twice in that one verse. In Christ, in him. There's really only two categories of people on the face of the earth today according to God's perspective. You're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. That's why we're trying to get everybody in Christ by preaching the gospel message, sharing the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. And here it talks about what it means to have this position, this place in God. If you're in Christ, you have a place in God. You have a position in God. You have a place in the church. And you have giftings and that God wants you to use. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, that's the dispensation we're in right now. The dispensation of the fullness of the times is the church age. And that's the dispensation we're in. But that dispensation is really coming to a close. And then Christ, before it, well, when it comes to a close, we'll be, the church will be raptured out of here, taken out of here for a time. And then there'll be a tribulation period. And then there'll be the thousand-year millennial rule of Christ where he comes back and sets up his earthly kingdom. And we're going to get into that too. that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven. You know, the whole church is not here on the earth. Only the earthly church. All those that have accepted Christ prior to this, um, you know, this age or whatever, are the heavenly church. And they're already in the New Jerusalem. There's the New Jerusalem, there's the earthly Jerusalem, but I'm not going to go into that today. But that's what he's talking about here. Gathering together in one all things in Christ, which both which are in heaven and which are on the earth. So some people that have already transitioned from this life, that are Christians, they've already gone to be with the Lord. 
To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Really? Yes. We have, we the church, individually and collectively or corporately, have obtained an inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of God, who works all things after the counsel of his will. Don't, don't ever think that God is not working because he's always working. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13, for, for it is God who is at work in you if you're a believer because his spirit is in you. His spirit is working out God's plan for your life as you walk with, with God. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory. How can you be to the praise of his glory if you don't have any glory? <laughs> Pretty hard to be the praise of his glory. Do you know that this book right here talks about the glorious church? Talks about our, and the book of Timothy talks about the glorious gospel and also about the glorious God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's right here in this chapter. I tell you, when you enter God's realm, you're going to run into his glory. Okay, so we're to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Woohoo! When you hear the gospel and you respond to it and you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit seals you in God, in Christ. He places you in God and in Christ, and you, it says your life is hidden with Christ in God. Just think about that for a minute. Your life, my life as Christians, as people that have responded to the gospel, accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our life is hidden with Christ in God. I'm sure glad I'm with him. And I'm sure glad my life is in God. Wow. So he sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise. That word in the Greek is a permanent sealing. It's like a mark, if you want to put it that way. Maybe that's not the best way to put it, but in other words, God has put his seal on your life. But the seal he put on your life is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. Verse 14, which is the earnest or down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. One more thing here. The Holy Spirit 
is the down payment of our inheritance. If the mighty Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, of the Godhead, is the down payment or the earnest of our inheritance, what must the rest of the inheritance be? If God has given us the Holy Spirit as the down payment of our inheritance in Christ, the rest of the inheritance must be unfathomable and unsearchable. I want to thank you for tuning in today and being with us on this podcast. I'm going to continue and pick up here next time. But until then, I want to pray God's blessings and God's direction over your life, that you'll know him and the power of his resurrection, and that you'll know how to be led by the Spirit of God. Because all those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So God has given us an inward presence, witness in the person of the Holy Spirit. Until next time, have a great day. This is Joseph Frana for Joseph Frana Ministries and Truth For Today. Thank you for watching.